Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now, my first guest today is well known in the Northeast. He's operations manager with Foxpack Flexibles in Cullen. He's a music teacher at Takata School of Music and he's choir director at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda. And I want you to put yourselves, listeners, in his shoes a few weeks back because he was feeling a little tired. He rang his GP, had a test for blood pressure and oxygen levels, following which he was rushed into hospital where he was subsequently told he had 10 minutes to make calls to his family and say what he had to say. Well, I'm glad Pat Harty is on the line to say to me today, hello, Pat. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I am good, Pat. And That's listen, good. it's good. great to chat to you today. It really is. There good were so many people. Yeah, there were so many people concerned for you. Listen, take us back just to what I, I ran over there briefly. You were feeling tired towards the middle of April. Yeah, I was consider myself like yourself a busy man um, six or seven days a week um, I would be walk to home to walk to home and all the bits and pieces that go around it as well with the, the, the music and the church and that but I would never have been sick in my life um, wouldn't have had really any visits to doctors as such and would have had very good health and it was around just after Easter passed that I felt kind of tired of myself and obviously like, you try and go to bed a little bit earlier and um, you try and try and walk your way out of it. So continued on with work, but I had to stay off and um, went to bed. Um, and then one particular morning, um, OK, I suppose feeling really tired. Um, I said, I'll just ring the doctor to see what he thinks. So I rang uh, Dr. Richard Gavin and Richard says, look, I'm going to send you down a monitor. It'll actually, for 24 hours, monitor your oxygen levels and your heart rate. And you can tell me the results tomorrow. So done that and following day, rang him with the results and he says, um, oxygen level's too low. I'm going to ring an ambulance for you. There's something seriously wrong. So within 10, 15 minutes, an ambulance was at the door. I was rushed into the Lourdes and... Um, of course, I was put down in a small ward on my own and they went about all of their tests and one thing and another. And they said, OK, you don't look as if you have COVID, but we're going to bring you to another ward and we're going to do a few more tests on you to see exactly what is wrong. Now, at that stage, I had no cold, no flu, no symptoms, basically just the tiredness mm. and probably getting a little bit breathless for my liking. So... 
um, after a couple of days in that ward, um, got progressively worse, and they decided to bring me up to ICU and put me on an oxygen mask. And that was, I think that was around the 23rd of April, which was a Thursday. Um, that mask did me until Saturday, until um, it just got completely out of control. And on that Saturday, um, Pamela, my wife, and Patrick, my son, were called in to say that I had complete respiratory failure and that things weren't looking good. Um, I basically had what they call ARDS, A-R-D-S, which is an acute respiratory distress syndrome. And that comes when you have the, uh, I suppose, the eight or ten days of COVID inside you and it gets to a point where you can't control it. So I was brought up to ICU and a doctor, Yasser, leaned over me and he said that, Patrick, I said, um, I'm going to give you about 10 minutes is all we can afford you to make a few calls to your loved ones. And um, I just want to tell you that you're going on a ventilator. This is our last resort. You're going on a ventilator and there is a very, very strong chance you mightn't come off it that you will probably die. So, um, needs to say, absolutely shell-shocked, didn't know what to do. I was starting to breathe very heavily, couldn't get me breath, so couldn't actually operate a phone, um, couldn't see, had my glasses, obviously. So, um, I sent a few messages out as best I could and um, went on the ventilator. They had they basically um, intubated me on the ventilator, so I was kind of half conscious. Um, during that particular period of the first, I spent 15 days in that ventilator, but the first 10 days on the ventilator, I developed sepsis, uh, double pneumonia, uh, blood clotting all along my right-hand side, and uh, the collapsed lung as well. So... Things were going downhill rapid, and on day 11 of the time on the ventilator, my blood pressure dropped to a very, very low point, and my temperature spiked. And at that particular time, I really had only a few hours to live. So my family were informed. Uh, Basically, they were informed on a daily basis through FaceTime. Obviously, they they couldn't come up to see me. Mm. So for them, they were waiting on a call every day as to what condition I was in, whether I was on my way out or wasn't improving. The general gist of it was that I was going downhill every day, um, which was obviously heartbreaking for them, I'm sure, and, and devastated, as they probably were. Um, so this is the only contact I had with them. Um, the calls were very hard, I'm sure, and they were trying to put a brave face on it, trying to spur me on. Um, At day 11 and 12 of the actual time on the ventilator, um, there was a possibility that my kidneys were going to fail, and that was pointed out to them. And um, for some strange reason, there's a a procedure called proning during the process of a ventilator, when you're on a ventilator, where they actually turn you, Mm. six uh, individuals turn you on your stomach, and it allows the actual oxygen to go round the lung rather than at one particular point. So um, that, believe it or not, helped me. 
and between day 12 and day 15, I started to come round. Um, how, I don't know. It's basically the way I kind of lie when I'm asleep. I kind of lie in my stomach enemy. Whether that helped it, I don't know. But the actual ventilator is, is an apparatus that doesn't cure you, but it buys you more time in the process of the body trying to defend itself against this virus. So the virus itself um, has left its mark, Jerry. Um, I was taken off the ventilator um, on day 15. They thought that a smaller version of an oxygen mask might be something that I might be able to work with, and it did. Um, so they weaned me off onto a smaller oxygen mask. Um, my heart rate then, believe it or not, went short up to 180 or 200 uh, beats per minute. So they had a serious problem there. So they had a kind of cardio shock me, which is a process where they kind of switch you off and then they shock you then to bring you back to life so that the heart rate will obviously recorrect itself. It'd be like switching off your computer at home if there's a, a glitch in it. Yeah. So I obviously have a lot of marks on me now. I have blood clots, which uh, all are down along my right-hand side, which could lead to heart attack or stroke. Um, I'm dealing with, um, obviously I'm dealing with the sepsis and the double pneumonia. That's nearly gone now. I'm in and out of hospital still. I've actually gone to the hospital now after I put the phone down to you. Um I have different things, I suppose, that I will have to monitor now over the next number of months. Mm. Mm. So but, you have um, a you have a you have a road ahead, Pat. That's for sure. I and have a, I have uh, a long road that. ahead. Yeah, mm. but I have to say, um, I definitely wouldn't be here today, was it not for the help and the pushing of this frontline team that are absolutely unbelievable. And um, I had so many nurses and doctors around me at the time, and. I suppose we don't hear about the, the good cases, the, the people that come out of this. and um, They are very few. A lot of them only get the mild version, but there is, they say that the 6% are critical, but there is a 1% out of that 6% that there is no hope for. They get it, and that's it. And I've seen instances where, at the time I was going on the ventilator, um, God rest in peace, the man that was there before me, he didn't make it. He was 52. I was 53. And it's just when you're actually told that you have to make a couple of calls, that this is it. Um, the things that go through your head, um, what is life all about? How can this be happening? Why is it me? Um, it's frightening. It, uh, it, I suppose, for the short period of time that you're you know, you're, uh, I suppose, um, alive. It could basically, within the next couple of hours, it could be all different, and it's what you leave behind you. So I've taken a completely different look on life now, um, obviously. Um, life is very short, and it's something that I never really thought about, but it is true. Um, I suppose advice for people in the times we now live in, um, this is our norm now. Viruses are going to be there all the time. Um, but we must not let our guard down. I mean, I'd be probably one that probably, I suppose, I'm in a factory that we have a very good ethic on the actual washing of hands and distancing and all of that. Um, I suppose the best nurse I had all done through the few weeks was my own wife. 
she's practicing it here in the house to no end. And we basically are a very, very, I live a very, very clean life in the sense that I'm abiding by the rules. But I can see even this week with phase two in on Monday that there is an awful lot of people letting their guard down. And that's, that's just, uh, it's just not for themselves, it's for everybody else. Yes. Um, you know, this, this uh, virus, its prime objective is to mutate and multiply. And it's a hidden virus in the sense that I probably had it for a few days and passed no remarks. And that's the way we go on. We all live busy lives. But, um, you know, we've got to keep focused yeah. on the necessary preventative actions. And that's obviously a washing hands, distancing and et cetera, you know. Yeah. And I, I know that's why you wanted to talk to me today to get that message out to people that even though the opening up yeah. is happening with phase two and beyond, this is deadly serious. And you mentioned the age profiles there as well. Can yeah, I ask you yeah, this? Yeah, it's, it's strange. Like, I've talked to a lot of nurses, a lot of doctors, and we all look at the, the elderly, which, you know, above the 80, and we all look at the young, which is below 15. But believe it or not, the, the most critical age group for this uh I suppose, virus to mutate in, is the 45 to 60 age group. Mm. And it's right slap bang in the middle. Why? Nobody knows. But it seems to actually, you know, it seems to uh, mutate an awful lot better in that age group. Yes. And, um, and you know, that's something that people don't pay attention to. And we want them to after our conversation today. I need to ask you this. Yeah. Can you pinpoint how or where or when you picked this up? Jerry, that's something that I'm still scratching my head. I mean, as I said to you at the very beginning of the conversation, I wouldn't be one for beating off the, 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 the track. I wouldn't have any tangents. I would be walk to home to work. Now, I would have made maybe a couple of calls to maybe shop on the way home for maybe bread or milk or whatever it is, but that would be it. And during them particular days, I wouldn't have made many, you know, veer, veer off the beaten track at all. So, yeah. Um, how can you pick it up? You can pick it up any way at all. I mean, yes. you know, tabletop packaging. I mean, you can wash your hands. You can put whatever you want in your hands, but you could just put your hand on a, a chair, a table. It doesn't matter. You know, the the wheel of a car, it's, it's just... Yes, and you, you you picked it up, and that is the bottom line. Look, at I, I'm going to have to leave you shortly, but this before I finish, I want to mention your wonderful wife, Pamela, your children, Porik, Nikita and Olivia, and the time they've been through as well. I, I want to finish with this. You, yeah. you you mentioned, and I mentioned at the start, that you're director of Our Lady of Lourdes Church Choir in Drogheda. That's right. How important, you know, to get you, uh, what got you through this, really, that's what I want to say. What got you through this? Do you think faith and prayer played a part? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what got me through it. Um, I would be very, probably well known in, in, the, in the town here for churches. Um, all musicians in the town, prayers, all churches in the town, masses. Even as far out as Nigeria, where I have my own students, students that I've taught, they've, you know, different parts of the world that they're in now, they've sent me all the, the prayers and well wishes. But definitely prayer helps. I mean, in the times we're living in today, we have to have something. Um, a lot of people, you know, have gone away from it, but it's the most important thing, I believe, to have something there at the end of the day that you can turn to. And I have to, I have to say, Jerry, um, Padre Pio, for me, was the man that got me through it, together with everybody's masses, all the priests who said masses for me around the town. 
um, everybody that knows me, um, people who I didn't even think prayed, they were mm. praying. People who never prayed in their life were praying for me. And that's, I firmly believe that's what's got me through this. So I have a lot to be thankful for in the sense that, um, you know, being from the, the kind of church background and that, I'd be very, yes. very conscious of everybody who, you know, have sent their well wishes and that. I'm yeah. so grateful for them. And, um, and also, I, I, I just want to thank the doctors and nurses and staff, you know, the front line of every hospital in the country, especially Our Lady of Lords, and uh, of course my family, who have got me through this, you know. Yeah, Pat, listen, you're a great man. You're a miracle man, I will say, oh, with all know, you've if, come if, through. If, 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 do something today that could save somebody's life, I mean, yes. it's worthwhile. And that's well, I absolutely believe you have. Away you go there. Continued uh, good wishes with your recovery, Pat, and thank you well, sincerely. I'm just going to give you one more, one more line, Jerry. right? You can buy as many clocks as you want, but you can't buy time. <laughs> we'll leave right. it at that today. Okay. Pat Harty, thank you so much. Okay. Take Thanks, care. Jerry. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.